Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the newest episode of the Star Road Podcast featuring Who Are You? Tyler. I'm Tyler. I'm Tyler. Yeah. How is it going? <laughs> it's going great, man. How are you? I am really, really enthused about this episode. I got to be honest with you. I think we have quite a few nice, just really relaxed topics to talk about on the back end of what is a pretty spicy news segment. We've gotten quite a few little things that are are previews. We've had a few fun gaming experiences together in the last couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, man, it's been nice getting back into the grind with you, bro. Like, uh, one of the first things Definitely. we're going to talk about Mario Golf Super Rush. Uh, that was a fantastic time, man. I, I've actually been interested in getting back into that, which I'm sure you have no problem with. Yeah. <laughs> well, I realized uh, when when I did my Switch year in review thing that they do, they do like a Spotify wrapped for the Switch, basically. And uh, <laughs> Mario Golf had double the hours played of my next game, which was Brilliant Diamond. So that that alone should tell you that uh, that game is is something else for me. I forgot what was on mine, dude. I know that Shining Pearl was on it, but it wasn't number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd like to go back and see what, what was on mine. I totally forgot. Yeah, I think you man. can probably still get to it. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the news, man, we got quite a bit to go through today, but all of it happened in a pretty short period of time, pretty close to the podcast, man. I'm pretty shocked. Yeah. The first we started time, off with uh, with some pretty spicy gaming together, like around the time of last yeah. podcast, and then the news has just been ramping up the whole, like pretty much recently in the last few days. Definitely, man. And because uh, I think the day after we recorded last time is when we played Mario Golf for like four hours and it was to grind. Yeah, that was really nice. It was to grind the very thing we're about to talk about, <laughs> which is the monthly outfit you get for ranking up, you know, in the online matchmaking. Yeah, and this has been a staple of my of my gaming for the last couple months. And Tyler revealed this to me and said, this could not be a, like a more sterling thing. <laughs> no, I, I, I sent it to you immediately when I saw it. And it just so happened that the we just got the Mario overalls last month. Which was beautiful. Which was beautiful. But unfortunately, it was short lived because <laughs> this month it's still going on till the end of the month. If you rank up to A minus, you can get the red, white and blue Mario Getup originally featured, and I sent Tyler a picture of the cartridge, NES Open Tournament Golf. So incredible. A beautiful And prominently featured as, as Sterling's costume of choice for Mario on Smash, who's one of your most played characters. Definitely. Mario is, uh, he's on my main roster for sure. I always tell, I always tell Tyler, one day I want to be the best Mario in the world. Yeah, I say it jokingly, but uh, at the same time, also not. I really want to be amazing with Mario. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And, and you are. Ah, uh, come on, man. I don't know about amazing. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I feel like Mario and Diddy are the ones that always give me like the most trouble. Like I said, if if Mario's back air was his forward air, 
I could be the best Mario in the world. Oh, man, yeah. That forward air is so hard to hit. Anyway. Yes. That's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> well, we, we are here to talk about games, and that's exactly that. But yeah, uh, this outfit really struck a chord with me. For the Smash reasons, for the NES throwback, mm-hmm. uh, it's a shame that the overalls have to go so quickly. But as soon as Tyler and I unlock this, that's pretty much going to be on there. I mean, you're not going to be looking at anything different until further notice, you know, which I'm sure you're fine with. You want to tell them a little bit about how we unlocked it? Yeah. The the funny thing about that is uh, Tyler and I were able to basically cheat the system into being into the same matchmaking lobbies, just queue and solo. We just solo queued, yeah, at the same time. And with a little, very little trial and error, we were able to get into the same lobby every single time. It was consistent enough for us to not be like, fuck this, right? And like... Yeah. For us to actually... Very minimal issues. Yeah. So uh, we we found a little bit of a method that at first it worked one way and then we started to use another method and that was pretty consistent. Uh, It was good though. And all the way through to us grinding... The outfit, it worked from, out for us. From the bottom all the way to A, yep. A minus. Yep. <clears throat> so that was so high. But anybody who wants the outfit until the end of the month, just hop on and rank up to uh, to rank A minus. It really doesn't take too much. There's no way it took us more than like two hours. No, man. I, but we did play the 18 holer afterward and kept the momentum going. Yeah, that was good, man. Because I actually hadn't times. played the All Star course yet, so Tyler oh, insisted. So beautiful. Tyler insisted on eighteen holes in the All Star course, and it, it is amazing. Uh, I, and we were talking about how interesting it is uh, that the it's like you don't want to land on the skin, right? Because it's the because it's the sand, yeah. Like, is that what the joke was? Like, all oh, the skin is sand, so it's just bunker. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But what a great course. What a fun time we had unlocking those outfits. Really, really good. Definitely. man. It, it, it certainly got me back into the game big time. That's without question. You know, I'm always up for golf. The, the beautiful thing before we spend the whole episode talking about Mario Golf as usual. Um, <laughs> the beautiful thing about the game that I can't get over is the the online play, at least when you're playing like standard stroke play is asynchronous so it doesn't matter how good or bad your connection is as long as you have a connection your shots are like the same as they would be offline and that is everything to me yeah man the the online really you know has proved itself to me and i kind of didn't expect to get as wide of a matchmaking variety as we get. I mean, you really can just solo queue and get on with anybody. And to me, that's incredible. I mean, that should be any Mario sports game should have that feature. We haven't even tried the new game modes. That's something we should try and do by the next podcast. You're right. I, I remember, uh, I really wanted to get on with you and do the, um, the T one, one, the, the, the one T one yep. putt or whatever. Yep. One shot, one putt. Yes. One shot, one putt, dude. We got to We got to do that. That seems so fun to me. It's just like all par threes, I think. Because, you know, we're going for chip and God. So that's like chip and God territory, dude. Has to be done. Yeah. Hole in one central. Uh, we should get into that later. But 
you and I have both picked up a game in its physical glory. And it's one we talked about before. Yep. And it's one that we have a lot to say about. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. WarioWare Get It Together. I'm so glad that we both decided to get this game. Um, for me, it was a last second sub out of a Christmas request. I, su- I requested that over um, GTA, of all things. Understandable. And I'm so glad that I did. I- I'm, I'm so, so glad I'm that so you glad. did, too. Yeah. And so as soon as I sent Sterling a couple little clips of the game, he said, I have to get it. And so he did. He went out the next day that we talked about it and got it. Yep. I, uh, I placed an order with Target for pickup. I uh, told Tyler, you know what, I'm getting this. I don't know. It was something you sent me. Uh, I think it was like the, oh, it was the, the Super Mario World boss stage. That's all you need and to it see. Was like, bro, you can just play through this Mario level with whatever character, you know. And I saw that, and then, and then there was a thing or two else you sent me. It might have been like Super Mario Land, just that quick feature, you know. Uh, and I said, you know what, dude? I'm getting this game. And you were like, do yeah. it. And I sent you, you know, a screenshot of the order being picked up. I was on the phone mm-hmm. with you when I picked it up. That's what's hilarious. That's right. And uh, I said, I don't talk shit. I'm about shit. That's right. Straight up T. But we made it happen, man. And that, uh, I'm so glad that we did because the game is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, like when we played the demo, when I was up there, Mm-hmm. It, it really hit me. Like, I really Definitely. understood that it was going to be a great game. But when you actually own the full game, it's it's just insane. It brings me back to memories of, like, playing WarioWare Twisted. Mm-hmm. And that's really... But this is even, like... But this the, is to the, the next level. The character selection is a whole element that brings it to the next level like just because there's different routes for each each level for each character yeah man and i really truly did see so many comments like i told you of people who were like i was i was iffy on the character mechanic but they're like after playing this this is the smartest move the game is incredible uh i think a big thing to do with it is the replayability all of a sudden all of these games become so replayable whenever you play them so differently with these characters that operate so differently. Yep. And, and then, and then the difficulty swap, of course, like the, every mini game has, or micro game has variations. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like one micro game is four or five. Yeah. We've both been playing with, uh, with our significant others quite a bit just locally, but I'd be interested to see if I, we are not even a hundred percent sure. Cause we haven't tried about the online play, if it's a thing and how it works, but that's something we should find out about in the near future. At least just play a couple individual micro games together. If we don't want to, you know, mess up the story progression, I think that would be a fun. Yeah, dude, of course. Uh, I haven't seen anything about online either. And from what I've seen through the menus, I don't think anything suggests that we could. Oh, really? I mean, uh, that's just from what that I've seen you know, from me playing. Like, it seems like it's so ready to pair like a second controller. But I got, we'd have to see what the online functionality of it is, you know. Either way, but, even if not, we did play the demo in person and that was super nice, you know, anyway. Oh, yeah, man. And like you mentioned... Uh, my girl and I have been playing this daily. 
it's the the, the heaviest multiplayer experience we've had recently. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and it's so fun. What I like to do is, uh, as we go through, I'll progress the story with her, but then stop wherever we stop, and then go back yep. and just master every set of micro games that we've unlocked thus far. You know, that makes sense. I think I want to do that as well for. Yeah. For when we don't have time to play together. The like, missions? I, I think the that's missions, a great way dude. to do it. Have you gone through the missions? I haven't done anything other than oh, just progress man. the story up until like the end of the second world. There's basically a list of what seems to be like uh, hundreds of mission objectives. Specific even to micro games. Like do this micro game without any fish touching this. Oh, and you, that's see you unlock coins that's, that's it, stuff that i love yeah so everyone's got like a reward like a thousand coins something like that you know and uh so that's what i do instead of progressing forward because i like experiencing the new sets of themed micro games with her there's something Definitely. amazing about <clears throat> having a new theme thrown at you both together Mm-hmm. Because that's what it's called, get it together. I think they. That's right. the, it's funny how the title is what it is, but it kind of means you're meant to get this shit together together. Together, yep. Because so, the games are better with two players, no question. Definitely, man. But so, they're still good with one. Yeah, yeah. So the mission, you have to look into the missions. There is so much there. I definitely and, will. And be. so that's what I do. I backtrack. There's like, you know, you can get the master and expert medals for reaching this certain amount on the counter of micro games, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that feature is cool. The playopedia. I don't know if you went to that at all. Uh, it's kind of like you collect the micro games as you play them and complete them. And they go into the playopedia. You can play a single micro game straight from a menu in the playopedia. That's what you want. That is unbelievable, dude. Yeah, that's what you want, for sure. Because they're micro games. Some of them are so quick. But to think that you have access to each individual one in a, in a catalog. Yeah, I mean, most of the games are like five to ten seconds long. If that, man. Some of them, I mean, whenever, especially when you get into some the Some of them speed are less up. than five seconds. Yeah. yeah. Whenever it's sped up, I mean, you're going through some of them in two seconds. But it's just incredible to see that collection it's like as you play them like i said you can go back to the same one five times and still keep finding ones you didn't see before so there's a collector thing there where you actually you're not just playing them experiencing them you know uh and seeing new ones you're actually collecting them you're adding them to your database so that's that's incredible man i mean they just really knocked it out the park with this a lot of people we're kind of upset with the 200 plus micro game count whenever gold came out on the 3ds and it was 300 plus, but gold was specifically a collection of micro yeah, games. That's from like all the other the, games. Yeah. So <clears throat> I would say get out of here with that. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be too harsh about it, but at the same time, uh, these because people, there's might variability not, in each of the games themselves. Exactly. Like drastic variability. The, Each level is really like seven levels at least. Like because they're slightly <coughs> altered to fit each character's skill set. And there's variance in the like even with the same character, right? If you go back and play them again, there's variability just within that. Yeah, there's certain elements of them that are kind of randomized, but then also <clears throat> as you level up, the games change. 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so it's really yeah. like 20 levels in one. Totally. Because you got to think each character has different mechanics on each level. And each uh, level that you level up gives you different, you know, different stuff as well. So that to me doesn't hold water. Like each level is actually like 20 levels. Totally, dude. It's funny you say water because one thing I wanted to bring up in this talk about the game uh, that I noticed and I love so much about it. Aesthetically, the game is beautiful. The music is 10 out of 10. The game is 10 out of 10, but the music is incredible. I mean, I mentioned that to you briefly. Uh, It's just got this grimy kind of like glitchy dubstep type of vibe to it. Yeah. It's like, it's like what you would get, if you went into like a casino or a pachinko machine in Japan, like, but it, it had it like an evil, an evil Wario flair to it though. Exactly. But it's, it's so incredibly good and upbeat and just like gets your like adrenaline flowing when you're really getting into the rhythm and going fast and everything. Definitely, man. <laughs> uh, but we talked about this, man. I, honestly, at this point, I've got to say, uh, I'm doubling back on what I said before. I think that $50 is an appropriate price tag for this game. If anything... There's an insane amount of content in the game. If anything, I consider that just a price drop from the expected 60 Because the, the amount of content in the game is why I say that, really. And the presentation. This is not something that was just thrown together. It's very high quality. They very really polished. went all out, you know. Definitely, uh, and this is one I'm going to continue to enjoy, man. Uh, it, this game made me get off of the PC for like a week, and you know I halted the loop hero grind and just really focused on WarioWare, man. I mean, it's so fun. Like uh, you could call certain like you know playing a, the sets like repetitive, but I really love going back in any set of the micro games, dude. I just love playing through them, seeing how far I can get, and. uh that's the type of thing that doesn't lose its luster, man. So I mentioned to Definitely, you, man. the shelf, the to. shelf is getting reconstructed. Uh, I haven't put it back up since Ida yeah. and I have a limited run, like switch stand. I think WarioWare is going to sit on that display stand. The so, box looks incredibly good. Absolutely. Have you opened it up and actually looked at that picture of Wario? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> He's just spread out, dude, and he's just looking at you. Uh, kind it's of, amazing. Kind of inappropriately. It's really incredible. Mm-hmm. That's one of the yeah. best inside arts I've seen on a Switch game, really. Excuse me. Um, yeah, man. I, I'm i really excited to continue with the game. Definitely. But uh, moving on, <clears throat> we have to bring up a current sale that's going on. The... Now, we, we mentioned these before. The NES Online controllers for the Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, you know, if you're a subscriber to the service, you have access to controllers that you can purchase. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. But in this case, absolutely. They definitely have the NES ones. The N64 ones, me and Tyler are still waiting. Still waiting to see when those dark. are going to be available. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if it, you know, hit us up if you know they're available because we are on that as soon as it's available. <laughs> I'm checking it pretty often, but yeah. <clears throat> but the sale they have going on uh, till the end of the month on these NES controllers, which I already own, so this is no good for me. <clears throat> but 
but it's good to see people you know have access to this price. Normally fifty nine ninety nine what I paid for them totally worth it. We're looking at thirty four ninety nine. That's tough until to, the end of the month. That's tough to beat, man. That's really tough to beat. <laughs> Now, I didn't realize they slide onto the switch. Uh, you kind of just told me that right before we hit record and blew my mind with that. But um, that adds such an extra aesthetic, like just having your switch have NAS controllers like s- snapped onto the joy cons seems incredible. It really is, man. It looks it looks fantastic. Uh, <laughs> it might look ridiculous, but it looks fantastic. That's fine. But this is a great price. Like I said, $20, less than $20 a piece for complete one-in-one Bluetooth NES controllers from Nintendo, man. That's like, what, 40% off, 45% off, something in that realm? We didn't actually do the math. It wasn't a percentage sale, but yeah. The sale speaks for itself, man. I mean, it's really $34.99. I am considering this, especially towards the end of the month, um yeah even though i don't have a use case for it right this second it seems like it can't miss yeah i, I looked at the 60 originally as oh 30 dollars a controller i'm with that mm-hmm. so i mean this is just next level so uh great for playing the nes games online i don't really like how <clears throat> the joy con a and b kind of sits for nes games it's just my preference man you know a lot easier to play Super Nintendo or something like that with more buttons with a Joy-Con. But with the NES, I feel like you just can't get it the same out of it as the controller itself, man. But we have two big trailers we need to talk about. About two very big games in the Star Wars. Yeah, Road one atmosphere. coming out soon and one coming out even sooner. <laughs> Let's just start with the one coming out sooner, man. And that's Pokemon Legends Arceus. Yeah, so I just watched this trailer for the first time. It's not really a trailer, but more of like a gameplay overview, I guess. Um, I guess that still counts as a trailer, but I watched it right before we hit record. And man, I have never been more excited to play this game. The mechanics look so in-depth to where it really feels more like a JRPG experience. Like a one of these big big scale Final Fantasy type experiences than necessarily what you get from a main series Pokemon game, which I am excited about. I get kind of a Xenoblade Chronicles Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild type of vibe. Definitely. Yeah. And what what the actual aesthetics of the game made me think of was was Okami just in terms of some of the... I can't believe you said that because, you know, my girl said that. Some of just the aesthetics and just being like the, you know, kind of ancient feudal Japan sort of vibe. Like it definitely hits me in that same place, which <laughs> that's getting off on a very good foot to to draw that. Absolutely. Comparison. But no, y'all were on the same wavelength with that, dude. I'm actually impressed because I didn't think about Okami, but I totally understand it when it's explained to me. Mm-hmm. And Okami is one of the most beautiful games that have ever come out. I mean, that's absolutely that's without question yeah uh, so, so, so if you're be, even in that neighborhood that's that's a glowing compliment definitely the other trailer we got came along with an official announcement date we know Arceus is coming on the 28th of this month so next episode we'll have had the game for what two days 
two days or so. Yeah, really excited for that. Hopefully we get some time to play it. It's going to be a busy, busy time right around that weekend. But yeah, I'll, um, I'll find some time. I know you got a lot of things going on. I'm going to have to carve out some time for sure. But I will definitely be diving into that. I'm looking forward to it. The next one uh, that we have to talk about, we got an official release date on. And that's Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Really excited for this one, man. The the gameplay trailer that we got, it was just like, again, sort of this was more like a trailer, but it was a kind of a just in-depth look at like the co-op mechanics and some of the abilities and stuff. But I am getting impatient for this already. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Yeah, first you put my boy in this open environment and then you give him a musket. I mean, Cannot we're, wait we're for on some it. Kirby Odyssey shit right now, man. We're on yeah. the cusp of it. Can't wait for it, man. I'm really, really looking forward to that. The co-op looks great. Like the the game just looks great. I don't know what else to say. I'm really excited. Yep. I said it earlier. If I still did business with GameStop, this would be a midnight pickup. This is like, mm-hmm. you know, that big of a deal. Definitely. Uh, but it's not just spring anymore, Tyler. We got a date and that is March 25th. Exactly when we want it. <laughs> exactly when we want it. That's that's all there is to say, man. I mean, we'll, all, all we need we'll is a be, date. Sign us up. Yep. <laughs> yep. We'll be um, we'll be really digging deeper into Kirby as it gets closer and stuff. Next podcast, we're gonna have a lot of Arceus talk and probably the one after that as well, as we get you know a full two weeks with the game and stuff like that. But. A lot of fun stuff on the horizon. Absolutely, dude. And uh, before we get out of the news and get into the discussion, I just wanted to mention, uh, as far as our gaming went, uh, Tyler and I played some Star Fox 64 online. We did. We did. And we went at it, and we had a great time. You kicked my ass up and (laughs) down. I just want to get the N64 controllers so we could... Because this felt like childhood, like I said. And, and you vouch for it as well. The whole player one having control, the way they pair us together. It's seamless. And how we interact is, it, it just, they took it straight from the N64. It just feels and like man, w- we're ported together. Once again, we were on wireless, both of us, and zero lags. Zero None. frame drops, like nothing of the sort. Nothing. Which is incredible because we're sitting there flying spaceships dogfighting very like down to the millisecond sort of like stuff we have to do and seamless like no no issues whatsoever at least on my end and i'm the one who's connecting to your game so i think that speaks volumes it certainly does man and and we were impressed when we played tennis but i'm looking forward to getting into more 64 i'm really looking forward i mean this is 2022 now this year, we'll be definitely talking about whatever hype new additions to the 64 catalog they come out with. Yep. I've already done some speculating just to, in my own mind about Kirby 30. Like, this is going to be the Kirby 30th anniversary year. And they seem to be sort of, you know, hinting that there's more Kirby to come this year. So I think yes. Crystal Shards is going to be a big part of that equation. Yes. And I really would like to see. We have we have most of the Kirby playable on the Switch Online, but some type of package of some sort. I, I would love some type of Kirby collection, 
Of... I imagine Canvas Curse on the Switch touchscreen. Oh. Hey. That's good Give it shit. to us for like $9.99 individual or yeah. something. But that'd be cool. That'd like, be awesome. It, I have all the Kirby Game Boy games, but it'd be really cool if they did like a Kirby Game Boy collection. You know, yep. they could do Dreamland, Dreamland 2, uh, you know, Kirby Pinball. That'd be awesome. Or a triple uh, A Kirby Air Ride 2. Oh, shit. That's a lot to ask for in the, w- in the wake ask. of Forgotten Land, man. Uh, but I also wanted to shout out WarioWare, dude, because when we got to 9 volts Nintendo Classics, which you always know as soon as you come across 9 volt, Nintendo's about to be in the mm-hmm. frame. And uh, it's funny how when we, when we played through these levels, it makes me want to play certain retro games again. And no I question. know you know what I'm talking about. I didn't even no bring question. this up to you. But yeah. when, you t- when you had to get Samus to the door, you wanted to play Super oh. Metroid. Admit it. It's beautiful, man. It's it's so it feels so similar to just like playing it on the Switch online. It's like the same thing. Yeah. Uh but I mean I've been having the NES hooked up playing some Mike Tyson's punch out. And uh, you know, some of the some of the NES shit, like it, it's funny, I don't usually pop in Ice Climber too often, but the Ice Climber micro game like literally had me be like, I might go pop in Ice Climber. Like it it's so cool how they implement them and how true they stay to them. Really, really. I mean, it hit me so hard with the Mario world, like just going through one of the castle levels. The music is the same. Like, oh, man, it just brings me there. Like they they paid so much attention to details. Like when you collect the coins and everything just stays the exact same. They give you the whole animation when you finish the level. It's just amazing, (sighs) dude. Every little touch, they kept it all there. It's flawless. Yeah. And that's what we live for. Absolutely, man. Uh, But let's just keep the nostalgia talk rolling. Because today's discussion is a childhood retail retrospective. Yep. And (laughs) what we mean by that is we want to talk about... Some of the retailers that were out there that may or may not still be. This is this is not an endorsed segment by anyone. Had more probably more than half of work, what we're going to talk about is not <laughs> around anymore. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, we're going to just talk about some of the retailers that we had experience with as kids. There's quite a lot to go through, and you know, with there not really being digital games of any kind at that time, all of our interfacing with acquiring games was either done through a retailer purchasing it from somewhere like we're going to talk about or trading which we probably will talk about another day just like an entire like trading sort of discussion segment i think that's something that we definitely have to get into one day yeah definitely and this also doesn't exclude pawn shops because i mean uh, any any memories you might have or any pickups from pawn shops, I think that that could fall into this retail because this is us as kids being brought into establishments with the opportunity to obtain games. Yep. So, I mean, you know, if, if you personally have any pawn shop talk, that's definitely open on this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we're really talking yeah, about man. big retailers and I'm just going to come right out the gate, Tyler, and tell you that the biggest of all to me, as far as memories, is probably Toys R Us. Really? Yeah. See, I never got 
I, I, I didn't have that much Toys R Us experience as a kid in terms of going there myself. I know that my there grandparents was a, just like that was the place. Hey, it makes sense. I, I don't really remember uh, for me, and this is one that we talked about in the, um, in the sort of you know planning for this segment that we did. Circuit City is the one that Circuit City tops the list because I know there's some purchases that I so vividly remember that that were like Age of Empires 2, Pokemon Crystal and stuff like that that just came from Circuit City and I very yes, vividly dude. remember. It was the bleakest, most depressing place oh, on the it inside. Was. It really it was, was absolutely dude. horrible, and I can totally see why they went out of business. But they had all the games that we wanted. And when you bring up Circuit City, it makes me think the the biggest memory is Pokemon Silver. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it before. You came to school talking about Kurt's Apricorns <laughs> and all this other crazy shit that was just so new to us in Gen Two. And so I must have stomped and, you know, I, w- I was a pretty well-behaved kid. I think I might have got a little pushy over uh, getting silver. Gotta have it. One way or another, my, my great-grandfather took me to Circuit City. And, and it, it makes me think of another thing. As a kid, you know, sometimes you go into the store and you don't know what you're getting. Or if, you, or if you're getting anything. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we did so much window shopping. Oh, most definitely. Uh, I think of Kmart, you know, like Kmart, the groceries. I mean, you don't have to walk around and pick groceries. Like you could be like, hey, I'm going to go look at the games and then go. I mean, the game Play the section. demo or whatever. Yeah, or just Kmart, stare at them in the case. Shout out to Kmart, dude. They had an amazing game section all the way till the end. Truly. It's funny jumping over. I remember getting Soul Silver at Kmart. That's funny. Yeah. Yep. I didn't mean to uh, gloss over Toys R Us, by the way. Um, there was there was a good few things that I got from there over the years, but I I don't think I really personally went there. I think things were bought for me from there for Christmas and such. Absolutely. And more times than none, uh, I would receive something for special occasions. You know, I mean, we weren't getting games just for the sake of the day. I mean, they had Not to be much. special yeah, occasions. Very little. So birthdays and shit that you really, that was console time, birthday or Christmas. You had to have a curated list of like a few key yep. things for birthday and Christmas. Like I'm gonna ask for this from this person, this from this person, and you know that's it. And I'm always gonna reiterate it. We took good care of our shit, and like we said before, or you might have said. It's because when we get one, that's the one. It's that's it. not getting replaced. If you damage it, if something happens because of your fault, that's our responsibility. Yep. And I learned that lesson very early on with, uh, I remember it vividly, man. Mortal Kombat trilogy on the PS1. Ooh. I try, I was, I love that game, man. I tried to pull it out of the plastic game case you know the jewel case yeah and i broke it in half and that was not even my game that was my mom's game and she was not happy and despite that being like her favorite game or whatever like it never got replaced because that was it just to your point like 
it's it's not possible. It just wasn't a thing at the time to you just buy the, a replacement game the like that. Disc in half. I broke the disc in half trying to pull it out of the jewel case. Oh my <laughs> man, uh, that that seems so difficult to do. I think I would have been furious as well. This was age four or five, oh. and I never made that mistake again. You probably app- applied pressure to one side and like pulled up. Yep, I I, I think I pulled it just from like the top. Just trying to get it yeah. quickly. Oh. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, 99 out of 100 times you do it, it's fine. But then that one time you just hit it just wrong and it just snaps straight in half. You, you hate, know, it's, you it's really it. snugly snapped in there. You just give it a little bit too much. And it was just one of those things, man. And I learned my lesson right then and there. Yeah. Well, a hard lesson, but. One that stuck with you, because like I said, we took good care of our shit, man, because like like but we yeah, said. Like uh, I said, that was age four or five for me. To, so to your point, yeah, like that was, and I feel like it takes something like that. And then seeing the end result of, you know, the, well, that game's gone forever. Like <laughs> you, it really teaches you never to do anything like that again. Definitely, man. I, I used to be so OCD with keeping my screen as clean and nice as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if we brought up the, the the tape on here before. You remember how I used to, uh, I lost the back of my Atomic Purple Game Boy Color, which yep. I don't think we've ever gone around each other with a system as much as we did the Game Boy Color. Definitely true. Uh, so I kind of, this is so hilarious and cringy looking back at it. But since I lost my cover, it's not exactly the days where, oh, I'll just go on eBay and order a replacement. No, not quite. No. Uh, so you, you do what you can. And I had like you this, do what you can. this tape, type of cardboard, yep. whatever you need. Yep. This type of uh, the white medical tape, you know, that you would use oh, like sure, tape yeah. bandages. Like masking tape. So I took pride in keeping fresh tape on the back of it, you know. Just nicely put onto it and just got the Because that tape would get nasty quickly because your yeah. hands are back there. Totally. Uh, but I was good about keeping up with it. And I was like, you know, this is about all the only idea I had that, you know, do you work with what you got? I guess the only type of tape or anything adhesive yep. we had was that. So I kind of got into yep, the I'm, habit of it. That's funny looking back. I'm pretty sure I had a GBA with like my first purple GBA. Like I had just cardboard taped over the battery slot. <laughs> hey, whatever works, dude. Had to be done, man. But Toys R Us is special to me, first off, because there's no denying that I got my 64 from there because it was the gold 64 mm-hmm. that was exclusive to Target. I mean, I'm sorry, Toys R Us. And the same was true, I think, of the Pikachu one that I have. It was a Toys R Us exclusive or somewhere else? If I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Best Buy, maybe. I don't actually know. My mom would know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the one I got is the gold system, gold controllers, and I think it came with uh, GoldenEye with it, which would explain GoldenEye being the breakthrough Mm -hmm. FPS in my life. But that's the the first big one. I also have memories of... uh, I feel like the GBA was something I got from there as well. And everyone remembers when they got their Game Boy Advance. That was kind of next level. Toys R I can't really show you. I'm trying to show you on the webcam. It's <laughs> Toys R Us exclusive. Hey. So guess what? The Toys R Us uh, roots are with you. 
Yep, yep. But that was a Christmas present. So I, like I said, like I wasn't actually there picking oh, it yeah, up. Oh yeah, I wasn't there whenever the N sixty four was purchased, man. But I just remember going in there and everything was behind this glass wall. And there was just so many Game Boy games, dude. And they still had shit like Super Nintendo Genesis on the yep. shelf. So that's yep. something you just can't experience again, man. These just Never. like it's, it's so funny thinking about how if you walked into Toys R Us now and they had that, how much money would actually be behind that case? Is Toys R Us even a thing anymore? No, it's not. It's over with. Yeah, I thought so. So, I mean, Rip Jeffrey the Giraffe, man. Rest in peace, all of it, man. Rest in they peace. They had so many promotions when we were kids for like on Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network. It was Toys R Us commercials with Jeffrey like constantly and like win a shopping spree for your school and like just, you know, any new game that came out. It was like the ad for the game, Toys R Us, like. Dude. Talking about it, not not games specifically, but um, toys like any dollar action figure that was advertised. It would be like the ad, and then on the very end, kind of like they do with systems now. Mm-hmm. It was like Toys R Us. Yeah, available at this place. Yep. Yep. The first job I ever applied for and tried and hoped to get was putting bicycles apart. At Toys R Us, man. They just That's funny. Never got back to me, bro. But the first thing I thought about, man, I, if if I can pick some place to apply to start out as a teenager, I was like, man, I'm gonna work at Toys R Us. It makes perfect sense to me. The, to me, it just sounded like a a decent work environment. <laughs> Imagine taking your break to go look at the games, and then you hear all these things of these promotional cartridges and stuff that Toys R Us employees ended up with. Over yeah. the years, that ended up being rare, Ooh, and man. you just wonder. That's a great point you make, dude. Because they had some in-store promos that were exclusive. Yeah, definitely like for dude. Pokemon and everything else. Yeah, you, you hear about like uh, these cartridges they use in like the demo units at the stores. Getting out there, you know that's employees. Whenever, no they, whenever they're just going trash the demo, somebody is like, oh, well, I'm just going to keep the cartridge. Or, ju- or like regional managers that have all this stuff from their old places in like a storage unit yeah. or something like or, that. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a, um, a file cabinet just full of tossed demo cartridges from stores that were returned. <sighs> Can you imagine, man, oh. the stuff that's out there that hasn't seen the light of day? That even these big wigs don't even know are worth shit. Yep. Crazy. But uh, let's touch on Circuit City, dude, because we talked about it earlier. And this is a gaming podcast. Circuit City has a lot of music memories for me as well. Definitely. I feel like their accessibility uh, as far as like listening to CDs and having like headphones on hand, pretty exceptional. Definitely. I mean, that was the proto place for that. Definitely. Like just to get access to for me it was like classic rock man like that was that was what really got me into rock music and stuff was just like listening to acdc guns and roses and stuff which were all cds that i picked up from circuit city or you know places like that yeah and that was like what segued me into just being a more broad fan of just rock music in general it's funny that you you brought up how poorly lit it was because i feel like 
<laughs> the center of the floor was like illuminated intensely where they had like Correct. laptops and shit. And then the, like everything around that on the outside was just dim as shit. Dim. Yep. Absolutely. It's almost like, but hey, was, come to the laptops. It was so magical, though, because we we knew exactly to beeline for the back left of the store. They had like the the wire racks. Yep. That had like some stuff hanging on them. Yep. And and with all these stores, man, I remember just when you went there in mind, you knew what game you wanted. It wasn't yep. like a go look and see what you want. You like you knew you were going there for something. Whenever you turn the corner and have that anxiety of, I hope it's here. Mm-hmm. Because in most scenarios, we're not about to go hop from store to store. If it's not here, you're not getting it right now. So that was, that was a stressful moment turning the corner on some of these aisles is all I'm saying. I think as a kid, it was you that put me on to Babbage's. Which I feel was originally GameStop. Or EB Games bought them over. Yeah, Babbage's became EB Games, which became which got sucked into GameStop. Totally, yep. But yeah, it was man. Babbage's first. I, I feel like I was a kid in the mall or something. I think my my granny or something was like, "Oh, hey, Sterling, they have uh, they have games over here. You want to mm-hmm. look at them?" And I'm like, "Holy shit!" I mean, it was stuff that you wouldn't normally see in retail stores, like we're talking about. As far as things that are commonplace now, yeah, like but, gamer culture stuff, yeah, bins of like NES and bins of Super Nintendo. We're used to seeing boxes, sealed boxes mm-hmm. on display, hanging or in the glass. This was like, wow, they got like games in bulk here. This is like a wonderland. But they also had T-shirts and you know stuff like that that we weren't really too familiar with at that time. Yeah, like we didn't really have video game. like apparel or memorabilia or anything from anywhere else. Like, yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah. Specific places. Definitely. Like for more specific stuff, they weren't exactly selling like Mario shirts in Walmart. I don't think. Correct. Not at that time. But then there was another place around here because I moved to this area, um, you know, when I was relatively young and there was a place around here called FYE. I'm not sure if that's the same thing. Uh, you know, all over the place, but it's like FYE for your entertainment. And it's like a mixed media, almost more like a borders, which is another place we could talk about, even though they didn't really sell games. Um, But yeah, it was like mixed media. So they sold games. Um, But as well, they had a huge selection of music, vinyl and stuff. And it was all brand new. It wasn't like one of these, consignment stores like we have now that are mixed media so that was a place that i got a lot of music and and probably a couple games from over the years as oh they well. sold games there but anything cartridge or this was in like the ps2 gamecube era for me i see but they would have gamecube shit though definitely oh yeah. wow brand new yeah when it was new on the shelves during that gen no shit dude I feel like everything changed whenever GameStop, you know, like EB Games, you know, blows up. And uh, at one point, Babbage's was around. But GameStop, like really starting to pop up everywhere. It kind of changed how we bought games. Definitely, because they absorbed all the other game stores. And there there was no other specifically video game store for new games. 
like once GameStop really got over the top. And I feel like that's what kind of harmed some of these other businesses that we're talking about. Plus this, I mean, this might've not been the introduction to everybody to this, but this was my introduction into pre-ordering games. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and as a kid, uh, there's one that I remember. I don't think I pre-ordered any games as a kid, except one legend of Zelda phantom hourglass for DS. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I remember, you know, talking to my mom, it's all, you you only have to put $5 down and then, (laughs) you know, I'll make the money. I'll, I'll do something to, to earn it in the months it, it you know that it takes to, for the game to come out. So it's easy to get a parent to be like, okay, five dollars on it. And then when the and that di- was when DS games were thirty four ninety nine. <laughs> it certainly was. And uh, so I was like, you know, it, it's easy to get a parent to put five bucks down. And then when the time comes and the obligation's already been set in stone, you don't have to worry about it. You're gonna get your game. You know, now, now I think I fairly paid off that game. Definitely. But one thing one thing I do want to mention that we shouldn't spend too long talking about because I feel like we've done a whole other discussion about this is Blockbuster. Oh, because man. Not only have I not only did I rent a lot of games from Blockbuster, which check out our episode. We have a whole discussion about video game rentals. You can it's one of our earlier episodes, but yep, I definitely especially in the later years of Blockbuster which is still a long time ago now, purchased a lot of games from Blockbuster on, you know, closeout or on, you know, maybe not when they were going out of business, out of business, but when they were sort of winding down and they started really trying to sell off inventory. This was right when, you know, the PS3 was new, the PS2 was old, but still relevant, like, I really picked up quite a few like PS2 games from game from Blockbuster like in that time span. Yeah, man. Uh, I probably have three or four games in my whole collection that have Blockbuster stickers on them. Like obviously yeah. we're at rental copies. You know, Jet Force mm-hmm. Gemini, I could say for sure because I got that one recently. Mm-hmm. That's a Blockbuster rental. It has the... Um, like the clear film that they used to put over the back in the front that had the Blockbuster label on top of it. Iconic. Which is funny because, like I said, the cartridge is in pristine condition and they've kind of sealed it in with this clear sticker they used. That's what you love and to normally see. And they're though. like, oh, no, they put a sticker on the label. This is like the only situation I could think of where a sticker on the label might be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. It preserved it. Absolutely. And it looks incredible. But um, on the subject of retail, I don't know where your mind goes next. Uh, did you have any memories with Academy Sports and Outdoors? Not for, not for video games. I'll no. tell you what. You might say that. But a lot of people are going to remember when they hear this that in the front of the store by the registers, Academy Sports and Outdoors had a big glass case and it had video games in it. This stopped at some point, but this is the very place that I first experienced what we're talking about, getting a game. And that was Pokemon Blue. I was probably five years old at Academy Sports and Outdoors. I looked up at the hanging New, sealed in the box, red, blue, yellow, everything. Don't know how I wound up with blue. 
Maybe I just picked blue because I like Blastoise or something. Who knows? But that was the first time I ever got a game. Were you familiar with the anime at that point? I'm not sure. Be honest Truly. I had to be. I had to be. Something. Yeah, I had to be. Uh, But that, like I said, I played Tetris on Game Boy and whatever we had on Genesis until that moment. I got Pokemon Blue on Game Boy, and you know how big of a deal that is. It was a done deal at that point. Yep. But I just, I knew I was going to throw you off with that, but Academy. Yeah, I never experienced that. That was my fondest gaming memory, probably, as far as picking up a game is probably at Academy. That's pretty cool, And Circuit City with the Pokemon Silver. Those two just stick out to me. Some of these, there's some some things that I remember that are just like such a random place that sold games like that, that you just got the like the hottest heater one time. I think Academy is a great example of that, that like it's not somewhere you would expect, but you have this one very good memory tied to getting a game there at a place that probably didn't sell games for too much longer after that. And I do have one like that. I think there was like a Marshalls in the mall and they had a bin of like mixed media, like DVDs, mm-hmm. just, you know, like trashware, PC games yep, and just all kind of cased things that were on like Markdown. And uh, I remember going through it and found a sealed copy of Trauma Center Under the Knife. I got for 10, oh. 10 flat. I still have that on my shelf. That's amazing. And that's one of my favorite DS games. So that's exactly the type of memory you're talking about, dude. Like, yeah, the fact that I even found a DS game was amazing. But that game just is incredible. We have talked about and toyed around with the idea of doing a uh, Scholastic Book Fair discussion topic. We have. But that is relevant here as well, because they're especially PC games. Because I had a PC very early on. I'm talking about six years old. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I had a PC very early on. So there were some games like Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, uh, Croc. uh, I played Croc on PS1. Loved it. Glover for PC. Um, Glover. Those games, I'm pretty sure, all came from Scholastic Book Fair. Where's our Glover Switch port? Wasn't that supposed to happen? Hello. We talked about this like a year ago on yeah, the podcast when they purchased the rights to it. I want to do a Glover playthrough on Switch. Come on. Please and thanks. Like, but, just make it happen. Yeah. It, it, that, you got such a good brain on you, Tyler. This is definitely a great time to bring up the Scholastic Book Fair because retail or not, money or not, we ordered shit from the catalog from time yeah. to time. But, you know, a lot of it was the in-person hype pickups. I don't know if we went through the story before, but we just have to reiterate the time we got Mewtwo Strikes Back, the book. Yep. The yep. nervousness yep. was insane because we're going one by one and they're like, okay, yeah, pick something next person, pick something next person. And we did talk about this because remember we were t- you were talking about the, um, the boxcar children. <laughs> That's when we brought it up. But no, we're sweating. We each want a copy of Mewtwo Strikes Back. Everybody gets one thing. We're praying that the other kids don't care about Pokemon as much as we do. Well, we're trying not to like draw. We're not trying to talk about Pokemon like at all in the line. We're just like trying to play like nonchalant as possible. Absolutely. Talking about how hype, uh, you know, uh, babysitter, whatever is. Boxcar children. Boxcar (laughs) children. And um, 
it was magical, man. We got them. I don't know we if it was him. me or our boy Nicholas. One of us got the last one, but we became aware. I think we, we got at least a few between us, for sure. We we were aware of it, though, because one of our good friends, I forgot who, went f- like first, one of the first people. And they, they came back out and was like, look what I got. Look what I got. And we we're like, how many were left? How many were left? And they were like, there were some. <laughs> there were some. So we're freaking out. Yeah. But it all worked out, dude. Those beautiful full color pages of like shots from the movie. Just the lore behind it. It makes me think of, like I said, I had this book at one point that was like the Orange Islands. And it was like when Terry was in this book before he was like even in the anime. And I'll never remember. We were were talking about how hype it was because we thought this was going to be the new map for the new Pokemon game before Ruby and Sapphire happened. But we like, were so speculating on an orange island. Yeah, Pokemon yeah. Game. So like, I, whatever book this was, man, it might have just been called Orange Islands. Who knows? But we really—I think it's a huge disservice. Sorry to d- derail you. No, bro. no, go for it. I think it's a huge disservice that the Orange Islands have never been represented in a main series Pokemon game because there's only four. You could attack them onto Fire Red and Leaf Green. They gave us the Sevii Islands, which is. Similar, but not the same. I'm sorry. Continue. I'm with you, dude. That's what I'm saying. But I feel like someone had us convinced that this was going to be like map material for what we would see on the Game Boy Advance. No question, but it was not to be. Sadly. Sadly. There are fan-made ROM hacks that have Orange Islands, you know, segments built in and stuff that is really, really nice. So... Definitely, you know, you can seek th- that out on your own time yeah. uh, if you're listening. Like, L- luckily, with the Scholastic Book Fair, we were able to procure Pokemon items because it was getting to the cultural apex that it would, you know, come to. It would start to be available. Like you said, we didn't see a lot of merchandise for a minute. But of course it blew up and then suddenly we're going to be able to find like Pokemon books at the Scholastic Book Fair. And not yep, every kid v- is in the Pokemon. The VHS tapes that had three episodes a piece on them. Yep. You remember those? I think from Scholastic, I got the one that has like the Kangaskhan kid. Yep. And then the uh, the Rapidash race where they're like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to burn Ash. But then Ash like takes the flames like a champion and just rides yeah. Rapidash. Yep. I had the one with the Lieutenant Surge gym fight where Pikachu doesn't want to evolve. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah, I had that on VHS for sure. That's that's like I remember because every second of that episode is burned into my brain from just playing it so many times (laughs) on the VHS. I I remember one of the ones I got from Scholastic was uh, Coca's gym. Yep. And I think on that same VHS was actually the episode that kind of like... It wasn't like a lost episode, but it wasn't the one with Tentacruel and the lady that turned to a statue. Oh, yeah. Like, it wasn't. I, I don't think it aired on the regular four kids rotation, but it was made into an episode and translated and everything. I don't know the full. I, don't, I can't remember the full story, but I remember seeing it be like it was advertised as like a as like a lost episode or something like that. Yeah, I'm intrigued by that. That's interesting. But I had that on on VHS as well. And I thought that that was pretty sweet. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny to think that, you know, you go to places like Walmart in your head. And I didn't really have a lot of Walmart 
gaming memories as far as being a child. One thing I do specifically remember that was Walmart, though, was when I first got my DS through a sketchy trade, like I said, which I think you agree was <laughs> worth it. Uh, but the Genesis that was passed on to me in a handful of games traded that for a brand new out the box Nintendo DS with Super Mario 64 DS. To me, it was absolutely it was no, a no brainer. Yeah, I could skip over having to get the console as a gift and just be more reasonably priced with games here yeah. and there. It was a mm-hmm. no brainer. It's a lot to ask for. The DS was like what two hundred brand new or some shit. Something like that. Yeah. So, uh, I I, I got. I had two games on my Christmas list that I was able to get. And this just so happened to be, uh, my mom was like, Oh, I'm going to take you to the store and we're just going to, you know, get what you want for Christmas or birthday or whatever the hell it was, you know? And it was animal crossing wild world and Metroid prime hunters. I regret nothing. No, definitely not. Absolutely nothing. My biggest Walmart memory that I so vividly remember because it was life changing is going to Walmart, looking at games with my mom. And she was like, you can get something that's 20 bucks because they had games that were older, stuff like that for 20 bucks, or they had brand new games that were 30 or 40. They used to price things a lot more sporadically and across the board than they do now. Now everything costs almost the same thing. Back in the day, you're right. They used to cost some 20, some 30, some 40, like all over the place. So I looked and looked and looked. And all I could like keep coming back to was Mario Kart Double Dash. Ooh. It was thirty nine ninety nine, and I had a twenty dollar limit. Oh and, man! And I like shout out to my mom. I'm sure she'll listen to this eventually. Love um, you. I was looking at it, looking at it, looking at it, and you know. I picked out something eventually. I don't even remember what it was. That was 20 bucks. And she was like, just get the one you want. And so that was it. Like, I didn't say a word. Double dash. Put the one hand back. Picked up double dash. Said thank you. Didn't say another thing about it. I'm like, secured. You know, no going back. Like, <laughs> let's go to checkout right now. On and that top was my of the world, bro. No question. On top and of that the was, world. That was Double Dash for me, and that was a game that I put, oh my god, an unbelievable amount of hours into. We loved Double Dash, bro. That's so, what we yeah, got. To, we that, got to play a lot whenever you came into town. We definitely. really did. I remember playing that with you quite a few times. But that was one where it was a Walmart trip that was not for purchasing a game, right? It was a, yeah, it was yeah. a trip to the store, and yeah. it was a, I'm going to go look at games, and it just sort of worked its way along into that and i feel extremely lucky because i still have that same copy today sitting about two feet from where i am and i'm extremely happy about that yeah it it reminds me of the kmart soul silver thing because uh i was used to if the price was ridiculous on something being told straight up that it was ridiculous and i needed to wait until birthday and whatever you know Yep. You know, we come from humble beginnings, but we had generous people in our lives. We're lucky yep, for that. No question. So this was a random day. My grandpa must have caught a wild hair up his ass because, uh, you know, he would all, whenever we go shopping, I go shopping with him. He'd be like, you don't want to go look at the games, kid? And I'd be like, yeah, I'll go look at the games. And then, uh, so he finished <laughs> Twist shopping. Twist my arm. <laughs> What's that? Twist my arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Push me in that direction. Yeah. Uh, so... 
you know, I was like, oh, I'll go look. And whenever he finished shopping, he came up behind me. He goes, what you looking at, kid? I was like, oh, I was looking at, uh, you know, the Pokemon Soul Silver Heart Gold. It's one that just came out. And he was like, oh, well, why don't you get it? I was like, oh, it, you know, it's like $60 or, you know, it costs more because it had like the Pokewalk or the Poketch, yeah. you know. And I'm like, uh, you know, it, it just cost this much. And he's like, but it's the new Pokemon. You got to get it. I was like, yeah, that's how I feel. But I'm just being reasonable. It's a bit overpriced for, for the norm, you know. He's like, oh, you just said, go ahead. I'll get it for you, kid. You can't not have the new Pokemon. I said, I'm like, is he for real? But that's one of those situations where you're not going to sit there. You you say no once. They say, go ahead. You say, okay. Oh, that's, yeah. You don't yeah. say no twice. Yeah, I, I'm a very modest person. But yeah, I mean, if you're insisting, I turned it down <laughs> twice. Once the third time comes around and you're you're pointing at the case and shaking your finger at it. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> like I said, twist my arm. Yeah, like. yeah. But that's that's just the magical memories we get, dude. Because, uh, you know, that didn't happen every day, but there was always those no. magical instances, you know, uh, things that as a kid, we probably didn't know. Maybe maybe it's a good time for money. Maybe, you know, it's better than others. And maybe you got really good grades on your report card and you just didn't think you did that well. Uh, you know, you never know. Absolutely. And I, I, I it brings me back to just the memory of one night. I think it was I think it was my birthday. I had to be six or seven, maybe eight at the oldest. But it, I know for sure it was Circuit City. Like I was so my dad was given when when we got our first PC in like 1998 or whatever. Uh, <laughs> my dad, as a Christmas present for that same Christmas, was given Age of Empires 2. It was a gift for him. And so he played it and he loved it. But I played it more and loved him more, <laughs> uh, of course. And so, you know, I was into it. And then I remember it wasn't long after that. It was my birthday. I remember my dad came home unannounced with Age of Empires 2, the Conqueror's expansion and Pokemon Crystal at the same time. And to me, that was a like game over moment. That's for incredible. Me. I mean, ugh. it was the most mind blowing thing that ever happened to me. Like, I, I so vividly remember it to this day because the first game I played was not Crystal. Like when he got home from the store, I was playing AOE 2 at that exact moment when he arrived. So I literally was like, all right, quick current game. I'm installing the Conquerors. And I played it like straight away that same night, mm -hmm. which, of course, it took like five hours to install yeah. back then yep. for a 200 meg game. But <laughs> <laughs> how times have changed. Yeah, how times have changed. But be that as it may, I I had to play the conquerors straight away and then crystal the next day it was over like that was that was Life it for complete. me yep that's magical dude that really makes me this type of shit just brings you straight back absolutely and i think that's what it's all about dude yep um, i'm getting pretty intimidated here just because of what what's coming up I know, man. I think it's time to move into our top five. We haven't talked about it at all, but I think it's time to get there, Sterling, if you're ready. 
I'm ready, man. But I just have to make a disclaimer at, at, towards the end. If whenever we wrap the list up, we have got to give a graveyard mention. Yeah. To a few of the rough picks that that really lost the cut here, because uh, this is probably and I've said it before about other ones, but I'm telling you collectively, this is probably the hardest final cut that I've had to make on the top five. And I okay. really, I really combed through it, Tyler. This is seriously down to the wire. What's the topic, Sterling? The topic just so happens to be top five Game Boy Advance games. Let's do it, man. Let's just get into it. I can't sit here like I can't. I can't be in anticipation any longer. I have to hear your list. Let's let's tell them about the uh, the shared honorable mention that has become such a regular thing these days. But it has to be done. The first point that we made when we discussed doing this top five was the elephant in the room that would be on both lists, and that's Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Yep, this would be either at or near the top or the top of both of our lists. So Unquestionably. We to, yeah, we decided to just make it our shared honorable mention. You know, we've explained it before, but the game... That was a life changer for me. Like, I had loved Mario already by this point, but the the game Superstar Saga took me to the next level with it where I was a Mario fiend. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to play anything Mario related. As soon as I as soon as that game like got its claws into me, I was hooked for uh, in perpetuity. No question. I mean, there's nothing more to say. There's nothing more to say. So let's just get into it, Stanley. I want to hear your number five. This is so intimidating, dude. I've got to say. <laughs> uh, let's just start the list off with The Legend of Zelda, The Minish Cap. This was an incredible Zelda experience in general. Yep. But I knew this was going to be on your list. It had to be, man. I really had to do this. I spent so much time with this game when I was younger mm -hmm. and played it to completion multiple times. I mean, I really got everything out of this game. The aesthetic of it is just gorgeous. It really is. Every, some of the new items uh, that they implemented were just mm -hmm. absolutely next level. Yeah. They really just, and then the whole, uh, the idea of shrinking down to like diminished size and going into these small villages and small dungeons and whatnot, that really opened up Zelda. Definitely. So I, it just, it, it was an, a no brainer. Had to be on this list, dude. Minish Cap. Everyone loves it. Everyone plays it. If you haven't, play it. I haven't, but I will someday. You should. I still have a big Zelda backlog of games that I've never even touched, like major. Well, I highly advise getting on Minish Cap, dude. Seriously. My number five is a game that I've not actually put so many hours into, but this is in sort of anticipation. And also to ask you a question, Sterling, I'll just get right into it. My number five is Advance Wars. Um, these games were defining for this style like, you know, when we were younger, this was a game I think that I played a lot of borrowing it from someone. Definitely. Maybe you, I'm not sure. I didn't know an Advance uh, Wars, but I certainly played it borrowing from someone. 
Yeah, same here. So is the remake of this out already? It is not. It got pushed forward just so suddenly and without quite, you know, any mention to April. <sighs> Sad. I didn't think so because I feel like we would have talked about it once it came out. Um, but yeah, Advance Wars on the GBA, man, unbelievably good. No question, dude. I'll definitely be picking up the new Advance Wars. No question. Man. Now, it's, I'll uh, tell you what. Two. It's got tough competition with uh, Triangle Strategy coming out before it. No doubt. Tough space to be in. Let's hear about your number four, bro. Yeah, I love the pick, by the way. Thank you. My number four is going to be Metroid Zero Mission. Another one that I expected from you, but is not surprising at all. People but might not love to hear. People might not instantly agree because they'd say, oh, no, Metroid Fusion. But Tyler, like we've said before, we don't always have access to all these games. So ne- true. Never got to play Fusion. Played it on a shh emulator later on, <laughs> of course. Yeah. But we're talking childhood here. Right. And Metroid Zero Mission was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Everything you could wish for. Uh, it really amped up the Super Metroid feel, but really kept it in the same ballpark. To have that handheld was incredible. Uh, And on top of that, uh, something beautiful, you know, later on in life, I'd be an NES enthusiast. Uh, From what I remember, when you complete Zero Mission, uh, which in essence is a remake of the original Metroid, you unlock the NES Metroid. So amazing. Like the ROM in the game. I love that. Isn't that absolutely fantastic? Where is that these days? (laughs) Seriously, I, I really think that when you beat Link's Awakening, the new one, should unlock the Game Boy one. Definitely. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, well, anyway, my number four is on the same wavelength. And it's so funny that you mentioned Triangle Strategy because this is, uh, this is a big one in that space. But Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Yep, it was on the long list, bro. This was another one that I never owned, but borrowed. And <clears throat> for me, it was the beginning and end of this kind of tactical RPG game. I never really got into Fire Emblem and stuff until later. So this was it for me. And it scratched such a neat itch for this type of game that I still crave to this day. And it just makes me so, so excited for Triangle Strategy to come out. Like, I can't express that enough. Absolutely, dude. Another Final Fantasy I want to mention uh, outside of the list. I don't know if you remember uh, 1 and 2, Dawn of Souls. Mm, never played oh, them, but man. I'm fully aware. That's another hot contender on the Final Fantasy list. But moving along, man, at number three, it's going to have to be Super Mario Brothers Advance 3, Yoshi's Island. Ooh, I was so I love this pick, by the way. I don't want to I know steal what you were thinking. Thunder. I know what you were thinking. I was so close to putting uh, Super Mario Advance, Super Mario World on my list. Oh, but, but you because, didn't. But I didn't because I felt like it was, you know, it, it, if it wasn't a port, like it would have been on the list. But I was just in a strange and I know it's an upgraded version and everything like that. Um, But it was just one of those things where 
I kept to the purity of the the GBA on on the list as much as possible. But and you and we and I mentioned that to you, and you didn't even tell me we were doing that, man. No, 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 no. Because it, I, this list like could that. have been different if ports weren't on the table. No, man, it's nothing like that because there is original content in the game, so that's what makes it a little a little wonky. But it's regardless, man. It's regardless. Like that is an amazing pick. I would love to just lump. Uh, <laughs> Super Mario, like all of the you know Super Mario Advance games together, because they were all amazing. Like, uh, it's so funny that you played three and that was your heavy hitter. Because I played World and Two and never played three, but those were heavy hitters for me. So I'm I'm right there with you, man. Those games are have a have a really special place in my heart. Yeah, if I would have. Um... Potentially, if I would have owned Super Mario Advance 4, which was Super Mario Brothers 3, that could have been a hot contender, but I didn't own it. Uh, I'm just really partial. Oh, that's right. Yoshi's Island, yeah. I'm used to... I'm really partial to Super Mario Brothers 3, but Yoshi's Island was literally one-in-one with the experience on the Super Nintendo. Definitely. And I'm a proud owner of a cartridge of that game for the Super Nintendo. That's amazing. Uh that was just one of my most frequented cartridges. I love that game so much and I played it so much, man. But uh, since you took ports off the table, you know what I'm going to do at the end of I this? Didn't do, I did I'm not. naming my two picks that I cut for ports. All right, let's hear it. At the end, at the end. No, just tell me right now. It'd be in this slot, right? Let's it, hear it. Okay. In this slot, if it wasn't a port, it would have been Mario Pinball Land. That makes sense. I yeah. don't know how many Same people. Vibe. I don't know how many people would share that opinion, but uh, I think it's a fantastic game. Uh, pinball Absolutely. pinball games are fun, but when you throw Mario in the mix, this is literally a Mario game in pinball fashion, where you're navigating levels. So it's about as much fun as you can have with pinball, along with Kirby pinball, and uh, it's one I still own to this day. And it's honestly, whenever I play a Game Boy Advance, I usually have Mario Pinball Land in it, and I just run it. Absolutely. It's just always a good choice. That's fantastic, man. Well, I wasn't trying to steal your thunder with that. No, I, it's uh, okay, man. Like I said, it wasn't a hard it wasn't a hard switch for that reason. It was a it was a tough cut with Advance Wars and everything too. So I really you know. expected Super Mario World on your list, but I totally understand your thinking. Any who. Yeah. I mean that game, like without being a port, it's it's not it's no question on the list. Like yep. and, and I Either way, it doesn't really matter. Point being, the, the all the advanced games are absolutely incredible. Yep. My number three is where we start getting into the thousand hour plus. Oh. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the real grinded games, because I'm talking about Sonic Advance. Oh, man, that was on the long list. And you know why, brother? Yeah. So not only was there a very rich replayable story mode with four or five characters i think five total um but the chow garden was an entire game's worth of content on its own and the connection with um with sonic adventure 2's chow garden was something that i actually utilized because i had that adapter that was like one of the two games where it actually came in handy to me um but yeah man sonic advance even just the main game one of the best 2d sonic games in my opinion i think it's it's 
incredibly good and it's exactly what you want from a 2d sonic game that could easily be on my list on another day totally it's an excellent choice and it's funny because it's not on the list but i put so much time into that game because i I mean i I feel like you and i were on the phone we were like chow no question no question man we were theory crafting chow garden strats and everything shit was so addictive it's dangerous bro yep my number two is going to be Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland, a remake, but kind of a port. I, I had it in that same vein, you know, uh, of the original Kirby's adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember the commercial on TV. I was already a huge Kirby fan, wound up with the game, and it's one that I just played endlessly. I just loved Kirby's Nightmare in Dreamland. Yeah. It's, it's no about question, everything man. you could ask for from a 2D Kirby experience. And to have it on the Game Boy was incredible. And that's all there is to it, bro. We love Kirby. I want to preface my top two with with the same thing that we preface our entire list with all the time, is that this order is not a thing. Oh, it's it's so hard, dude. Really, I mean... (sighs) But when I tell you my number two, you're going to be shocked because you would expect it to be my number one. Mm -hmm. But my number two is Pokemon Ruby understandably so and i'm just gonna get this right out the way that's my number one okay and that we can just go off on our same tangent here because that to me is the pinnacle of gba gaming if you know just like you said any like any day it could flip flop back and forth with my number one but man pokemon ruby i don't know if i've ever put as many hours into one game as I did in that game, you know, at least not for many years later. Like it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. The amount that I played this game. It's one of the few games of that era that I actually got around release day. I don't think I got it the day it came out, but it was definitely within a week or two of it coming out in the first place. I got it pretty close to release. I remember the moment. It had to be done. So that for me, you know, number two, number one, not relevant. But yeah, man, tell me your thoughts, because I know I stole your thunder on that. Uh, one. I mean, my thoughts are Pokemon Ruby is the pinnacle of Game Boy Advance. And it's funny that you said Ruby. I expected you to say Sapphire, Emeralds, you know, anything but Ruby. But Ruby was the one I got. Same. And that might be the only time we got the same version ever. I think so, the uh, except for the time. third version of some, but yeah. But, you know, and it could have been in the retail because I, I'm almost positive my mom went to Circuit City to get it. It was like a birthday yep. I was having in her house. I'm having an anxiety attack on the porch waiting for this. I remember pacing her front yard around the vehicle, front yard, porch, pacing, starting up this file, dude, being in the back of that truck naming your character this shit is really happening and it's blowing your mind every coming off the heels of gold silver crystal dude such a major step up that we did not expect absolutely uh so it was undeniable for top of the list Uh, i also wanted to mention nightmare in dreamland i was iffy on because it was a port or not a port but a remake of a g of a nes game kirby's adventure but I would have put in WarioWare Twisted. 
For sure. I yeah, played definitely. the shit out of WarioWare Twisted. I remember how beautiful the box was. And it's funny because it's got to be somewhere, somewhere. Because the box was so, it was a big box GBA game that came in like a cardboard box Mm -hmm. and it had a holographic circle on the front of like Wario's nose or face. And it's like when you moved it, the image changed. So I remember I kept that box. Yep. But that was one of my most played Game Boy Advance games. And that's funny to say, but WarioWare is that addictive. Yep. So no question, man. Um, what is your number yeah, one, man. bro? I got to hear this. If Ruby is well, say what? If Ruby is not your number one, I need to know what is. So it'll come as a surprise to no one. And the reason this is at the top of the list is because I have such a craving for this franchise. I think still it starts with day. a G. Yeah, it's Golden Sun. I mean, <laughs> let's get it. Let's get it out of the way. Everyone expected this. No one is surprised. If it wasn't on my list, you would wonder what happened to the real Tyler and where he got abducted to. And this like, whole podcast to this point would have been a lie. Absolutely. So that's it, man. Golden Sun, the most time I've ever spent in any one RPG game. Um, the the perfect RPG game in terms of pacing, scaling, scope. The sequel is perfect because it's just, it's more, it's almost like an expansion more than a true sequel, which is absolutely amazing. Um, I told you this the other day and I'm not, I'm not an expert on the games, but I do know that the entire golden sun one map exists in golden sun two in a way that like things are still interactable, even though they're not, in the actual story of the game or meant to be interactable, which I thought was really, really interesting when I found it out years mm-hmm. later. You know, people use walkthrough walls codes and basically go and find the entire map from the first game because it's kind of connected up, but sectioned off. You know what I mean? It's incredible. But Golden Sun, Nintendo, Camelot. Let's do it Golden right Sun. now. Give us more Golden Sun, please. 2022. This is the year. This is the year for Golden Sun. The Golden Sun Sun era. (sighs) Please. But yeah, that's it. That's my number (laughs) one. (laughs) You know what game I wanted to shout out? And not top five list. You know, there's a lot of games on the GBA, but for you and I, you know what I wanted to shout out while we're talking about Game Boy Advance? Please. Dragon Ball Z, the legacy of Goku. Oh, man. And I only do it because I knew you would love that. That could have easily been on my list, man. That's got to be one of the most fun licensed games that's ever been made. So incredible, period. dude. So incredible. I just feel like that's that's one of those games that like is just too obscure to be as good as it is. No question, man. No question. And the second one was even better. Oh, man. Of- as soon as I started playing as Trunks, dude, I was freaking out. It just built on the same engine, which just like I was saying with Golden Sun, that's what you want from a sequel to a perfect game. Yep. Is it just to run in the same engine and exactly. expand upon the content. So when, when you when you promise the same presentation, but now we get the Cell Saga, you got a soul, <sighs> dude. Done. And then, Done deal. And then from what I recall, you can only really play as Goku in the first one. And suddenly you're playing as multiple characters in the second one. And that was just incredible on its own. Yep. Another game I want to shout out 
that didn't make the list but has made other lists of mine is Mega Man Battle Network. I, that, for a moment there, I kind of forgot about Golden Sun and thought that might have even been your number one. I'm just going to be honest with you. It popped into it, my mind. It, the, like you said, man, this was a tough list to make cuts for. It truly was, man. But you know what? We did it. And I'm glad we did it, man. Yep. Yep. But Sterling, you have promised me a pretty spicy three shop. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to twist your arm and make you give it to me right now. Okay. okay let go. Uh, this has been a difficult time to make one because I told you and anyone who happens to listen to this very soon after uploading uh, for the next day or so the the deals are unbelievable on the eShop but we like to give things on the 3Shop that have longevity something that people who you know tune in later on can maybe get some mileage out of mm-hmm now, today, I want to do one from the Switch and then two from Steam. Okay. There's a lot of stuff that's just about to run out. We don't like to put that type of stuff on 3Shop, Tyler. But if you're hearing this on release day, check both shops because there's going to be even check, more stuff. Yeah. The Steam is stale kind of across the board. Okay. I can say that. But the, the eShop right now, incredible for the next 16 hours or so. But something I mentioned to you earlier in the week, Tyler, there's a game coming out on the 20th called RPG golf legends. Oh, okay. Now I believe I sent you a trailer for this. Did you view you that? Did. I did. I watched the entire thing. This is basically, it's kind of like golf story, but now but more, but RPG-ish. more RPG actual yeah. combat. And it seems like gear and loot and shit like that. Yeah. Now, Golf Story is big shoes to fill. I wouldn't say that I'm going to expect a game to do something like that as good as that. It seems totally different. Yeah. But the the presentation of this, what I'm looking at, I am almost sold on it. I'm going to definitely consider in the next few days jumping on this. The game's MSRP is $29.99. But if you pre-order it before the 20th when it releases, you can get it 20% off at $23.99 makes it a lot more attractive is this coming out on on what's what's where is this coming out on the switch on the switch does it have a physical i am not sure probably not to start i wouldn't think so okay is that something you would consider getting a physical say what is it something you'd be interested in physical no i just didn't know what the deal applied to in specific oh the deal is eShop specific for sure okay you know sometimes i like to give these pre-order sales up until sale you know sometimes they match up with physical and digital at the same time sometimes not looking at the we love golf and we love rpgs so looking at the trailer i saw 23.99 it doesn't seem too steep it seems like an incredible game waiting to happen yeah, the biggest difference I would say is like golf from what we can tell just by the trailer anyway. Golf Story is like a it's a golf game with a RPG, you know, narrative element whereas this is like an RPG with golf mechanics. Totally. Like, yep. Yeah. It's an RPG first, at least that's the vibe that I get. Yeah, yeah, whereas Golf Story is like a golf adventure first. Yes. That's a good way of putting it, bro. Definitely. But I'm interested. They have no caught question. my attention. 
golf for me, I mean, you know, golf games for me is like, that's my sweet spot. So for and, me, that's and super no rush, super rush is the sweet spot for all of that. That's the sweetest spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you roll over to steam, a game we've talked about quite a bit, cruelty squad, mm-hmm. it's on sale 1999 to 1399, 30% off until the 21st. Ooh. Okay. 1399 for one of the most innovative first person shooters of all time. Definitely. And also they're offering the Reflux edition with the soundtrack. Usually twenty four ninety eight, you can get it eighteen oh three. Nice. 28% off. So you get the soundtrack, which is very unique and very interesting. Uh piled in with the game for less than what you would have paid for the base game. A dollar or two That's less. That's what you want. It's pretty good, man. Uh, and the last game we don't normally do games. On the three shop that we haven't played, owned. But I wanted to make an exception here because it's a game I've had my eye on for a long time. And I think we might have discussed it a time or two. On the cast, off the cast, can't remember. But it's a game called The Longing. Okay. Are you familiar with that at all? I'm not. Okay. Not off the top. So the sale on this game is $14.99 usually. Now we're talking $11.24, 25% off until the 24th. This game intrigues me because basically, from what I understand, you start up a game and the game lasts 400 in-game days. I mean, real life days while you're on it, while you're off it. There's a there's a it's ticking 400 days. Now, apparently you're supposed to wait underground for this king to awaken from this sleep in 400 days. So technically you can. Boot the game up, start a file, not get on it, go on it 400 days later, and then the king will awaken and you get to see the ending of the game. That's Uh, pretty interesting. But there's also things you can do in the game. It is a playable game where you don't have to lie dormant. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can read whole books, which I found to be one of the most interesting points. Yeah, that's Uh, cool. There's whole pieces of literature you could sit there and read, uh, areas to explore, uh, it just seems like such a versatile, unique game that even without yeah, playing really, has my attention. That's really interesting. Yeah. So even though we haven't played it, I think it was worthy of three shot because I'm very interested in the game. I've heard a lot yeah, about it. Yeah, what's the deal? And uh, I'll, I might even wind up picking this up, honestly. It's a good bit of time until the 24th. Yeah, what was the price again? Oh, it's usually fourteen ninety nine. There's a 25% off sale on this. So okay, you can walk nice. away with it for eleven twenty four. Hey, I that's mean, perfect. That's pretty good. And that's the three shop for the day, Tyler. And that's the podcast for the day, Starling. Yep. Until next time. Yeah, man. We will be probably touching on Pokemon Legends Arceus in the next episode. I We probably won't do a full review until the following, if I had to guess. I'm with um, that, yep. But we're definitely going to be getting in as much time as we can with the game, you know, for the next episode, you know, schedules permitting and everything. But really looking forward to that, man. Yep. Until then, I'll be playing a lot of WarioWare, get it together and Loop Hero. (laughs) The momentum hasn't stopped, bro. I'm pretty uh, one tracked with my game in these days. That sounds awesome, man. Well. We'll talk about it on the Star Road podcast. Yep, yep. Um, if anybody has any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback, you can reach out to us at starroadpodcast at gmail.com. In addition, Sterling has been doing the awesome job of uploading videos to the YouTube. 
Um, so feel free to subscribe to us. Check us out there. Like, smash the bell. Um, you know, all that good stuff. And I believe that is going to bring us to the end, Sterling. It certainly is, my friend. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, as always, to the Star Road Podcast. We will catch you next time. Peace.